Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a quote from Clyde Christensen before the Bucks wildcard playoff game against the Philadelphia Eagles that I wrote. I'm your typical fan, and I'll be thinking... Is this the last time we're going to see him? Him being Tom Brady. Well, it wasn't the last time, as you know. They played one more game against the Rams, who are going on to the Super Bowl to play the Cincinnati Bengals. It's surprising. You're surprising Cincinnati Bengals, Steve Bursnick. How about Joe Burrow? <laughs> I, th- I thought Hello. the Mahomes-Allen was the matchup for the next 10 years in the AFC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can we, can we pump the brakes on the uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to break all of Brady's records? Well, he's got to get there first. Um, we got, we could talk for days and we probably will this week all about, uh, not just the Super Bowl matchup, but, uh, those two championship games, uh, that we witnessed Sunday and Sunday night. It was uh, phenomenal, but back to Brady, um, <laughs> let's just kind of break down how the whole weekend went, because as we sit here doing this podcast for Monday morning on a Sunday night after the championship rounds, Tom Brady is still not retired officially and and what official means i really don't know anymore because you know apparently other people speak for you and then you know they held his funeral so he must his career must be dead um because i watched i watched his highlights all weekend long so look we knew this was a possibility obviously clyde christensen spoke about it before the playoffs began um tom brady had spoke about it on his let's go podcast about the pull that he had with his family and you know uh, how there was going to come a time when, you know, he needed to be the best husband, be the best father he could be. And yet, on Friday night, Jason LaCanfora of CBS Sports writes a story that essentially says Tom Brady is going to retire, and he's going to do it soon, probably after the championship games, sometime this week. And it's because he knows the timing of the NFL season, but yada yada, he quoted what he had said on his podcast, all that stuff. Not a lot of detail, but just that he, you know, he had told several people close to Brady it was was looking for his sources, multiple sources close to Brady, whatever. So that was out there, and it got a good bit of attention. But there was still nothing from the worldwide leader. There was still nothing from Brady. Obviously, when I checked with the Buccaneers, they hadn't heard that he had made a decision. In fact. Some of them kind of discredited Lockenfora, who doesn't have as good a batting average as, say, Adam Schefter and some others, uh, you know, at ESPN. But nonetheless, he's a, he's a CBS insider. I mean, this is what he gets paid to do. So about twenty hours went by, and I'm and I'm you know I'm obviously a little confused. I mean, I look, there's a fifty percent chance he was going to retire, right? I mean, he's either he is or he isn't. So. Even the Bucks had said they thought it was 50-50. So Lockenfora could be right, or he could be guessing. Or maybe he got bad information. We don't know. But no one is necessarily taking that as the final word, for whatever reason. Because it was from Jason, I don't know. 
So about 20 hours go by, and then all of a sudden, this was what I was waiting for before I was going to think that, okay, this has some credence. According to my sources, Tom Brady is, is decided to retire. He will make his announcement sometime later, but he is definitely going to retire. Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter announce, tweet, write a story based on pretty much the same things Luck and Forrest said. People close to Brady said he's made his decision to retire. This is it. End of his 22-year career. All the above reasons that were quoted the podcast, all of that. Okay. All right. Now, now it's real. Right now, now everybody in the universe is going with the story that Brady is definitely retiring. This isn't even a question of, you know, really the literally the only question was basically okay when you know not if it it really became at that point sort of when and everything kicks into high drive at that point so again i had a story ready by that morning because i knew it was inevitable that he was going to do something at some point and if it was retiring i was going to be prepared so now we're putting the finishing touches on that story. And again, I check with the Bucks, Bruce Arians. Haven't heard from him. Don't think it's true. I think he's undecided. Don't know why we, we wouldn't have heard it first, right? They're sticking to their guns. They don't believe it. You know? People just jumping out there trying to be first. Kind of a media thing, right? Jason Light. Oh, you know, his relationship is really good with Brady. I mean, they're close. They've known each other for a long time. You brought him to Tampa, all that. Surely he would call Jason Light before he would let this get out there in the media. And Jason Light is like, yeah, um, I, you know, haven't heard. We He's undecided. That's what we believe. But an hour or so goes by after the Schefter report. And still no Brady until finally he calls the Bucks general manager from wherever he is. Apparently, according to Tom Curran, NBC Boston says that Brady is out of the country, which he does go frequently, you know, after the season, Costa Rica, different places. Brady contacts the Bucks. He calls, he calls Jason Light and he tells him, hey, I'm undecided. I'm not close to making a decision yet. Not close. Not close. They're running your funeral on every station there is. It's not even a question of, you know, you're no, they've retired you. Okay. No one's heard from you. And you're telling the Bucks, who have to hear it, you know, on national TV, that you're undecided. But who's believing this right now? Um I'm gonna get into sort of how the media works and what I think I think may have occurred here and what is occurring. And then then we'll talk about what we think is ahead for Brady. But first I wanted to tell you that the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is presented by RP Funding and it's happening this February 25th to the 27th. The temporary circuit is a 1.8 mile 14 turn configuration. It uses the streets circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Dali Museum. It extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Whitted Airport. For more information, visit gpstpete.com as well as ticket information. So Adam Schefter has known and covered Tom Brady his whole career. He went to Michigan like Brady. I don't know that they were there together. Um, they wouldn't have been. But 
you know, Adam's been doing this since 19, since as long as I have, 1990, I think. And, you know, no one has more followers. No one, no one has better information, all that. And Jeff Darlington has been a bit of an expert on Brady for the last few years, particularly when it comes to his family. He's written, done a lot of family stuff uh, with Tom. He's interviewed Tom on TV. Uh, so Darlington has, is really well-sourced uh, in the Brady, I should say, you know, the, the Brady camp. You know, it's sort of, I mean, you know, Tom obviously has Alex Guerrero in the TB12 business. Um, his dad is very outspoken sometimes to Brady's annoyance. Um, you know, different things like that. And so, in my opinion, you know, and, and, and his agent, Donald Yee, as well, is another part of that circle. And Donald Yee came out with a statement that said, I'm not going to really talk about the accuracy or the inaccuracy of these reports, but I'm going to tell you that only Tom Brady can speak for Tom Brady in this instance, right? Um, I had talked to Donald Yee, and he basically, earlier in the day, after the lock and forward report, I talked to him on Saturday morning, and he was like, look, this time of year, I would say generally, you know, be prepared for anything. And that was kind of ominous, and I thought, okay, so there's a lot to this report. This is this is headed the way Jason Lockenforest thinks it is. And then, sure enough, Schefter and them not he- any hesitation. Boom! They're, they've got the they got the greatest highlights playing. They got all the stats up there. Uh, they got player after player is tweeting on social media and going on Instagram and 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 congratulating Tom Brady on a great career. Even TB12, his own company, right? Puts out a thanks for every, you know, and it puts out his stats uh, in a social media post and a thank you, you know, for his career. And then they quickly take it down. They take it down. All right. But his own company, I mean, you can't get even more insiderish than that, right? That's Alex Guerrero. So it looks like a duck, folks. It looks like, okay, he's retiring, except the Bucks still haven't heard from him. This is the thing. So how did it how did it get this far? Well, I firmly believe because Adam Schefter is, you know, the news broker of all things Brady, that he's probably known for a while. You know, if if Brady is known for a while and he's telling Jason and, and Bruce Arians that he's undecided, but let's be honest here, you know, Tom Brady knew after last year's Super Bowl that he was pretty close to the end. His wife asked him on, on the podium with a confetti falling on his head, what else do you have left to prove? Okay. He's talked about all these things during the season that he talked about after the year on his podcast with respect to the sacrifices his family makes, and he doesn't want to play if he sucks. Well, he doesn't suck, right? And you can't always guarantee a Super Bowl to go out on, or he would have left last year. So... Let's think about how he's leaving. He leaves as the league's number one passer. That's what I wrote about before the wild card game. He goes out on top of his profession. He's the number one quarterback in passing yardage and touchdowns at age 44. Okay, incredible. What did he do in his final game? Brought his team back down. What would have been one of the greatest comebacks in playoff history. Topped only by the one he had in the Super Bowl against Atlanta. You know, they're down 27 to three. He ties the game with under a minute to go. And then the defense gives it up. And Matt Gay kicks a field goal. Well, you know what? Tom Brady did everything he could do except cover Cooper Cup. So no harm in in that season. He goes out on top on his own terms. Who gets to do this? So it all adds up. It all makes sense. No one's surprised by it except the Bucs. (laughs) And what I think is 
there's a good chance, whether it's through his intermediaries or Tom himself, there's a good chance that Adam and them knew he was retiring for a while. And when Locke Camphora came out and reported it, and they knew it was true, and another network had beat them to the punch, somebody who maybe isn't as close to Brady, but obviously got some information from some people that were, they couldn't just sit on it. You know, you couldn't just ignore this, you know, nothing to see here kind of thing on CBS Sports because it was playoff weekend, and what were they going to talk about? Are you going to let Jason Lockenfora have all the, all the gravy? So they had to go with it, whether Tom wanted him to go at that point or not. You know, and I've, I've experienced this. I won't tell you who it was, but back in the day when I broke a story about Bill Parcells had a deal with the Bucks to take over from Tony Dungy, five-year contract, $5 million a year. It's going to keep the defensive staff. I knew who his GM was. I knew everything, okay? Went to Tony Dungy, told him. He didn't believe me. Uh, Bill Parcells was sitting on the set of ESPN that year, right next to big information guys, not Schefter, but others. And they knew everything that was going on with Bill Parcells, but they couldn't report it because Bill would have their butts, right? So they were guaranteed the story before anybody else, so they were going to sit there until he was ready to say go. Only problem was I found out about it, and I'm not beholding to anybody. Well, I don't know, and again, this is just off the top of my head and knowing the business, but I got to believe at some point, at some level, Adam Schefter was pretty confident he was going to get that story when it was time. But it was only going to be time when Tom said it was time, whether Adam has known about it for a while or not. And when Lockham 4 comes out, they now have to do their reporting. But what could Tom do at that point? Tom Brady, in order to retire, is going to have, I think, Gotham Chopra film it probably film him with his family, probably film him with his family telling them that he's quitting and letting the kids jump all over him in, in uh, you know, in celebration that daddy's going to be home now. And it's going to be a slick production, in my opinion. And it's part of Man in the Arena. They haven't finished filming that yet. Don't, don't you think that Tom wants his own ending in his own film of his life? I do. And so, you know... All that stuff isn't ready. So he's going to do it on his terms and his way, but it's not going to be because Jason Lockhamphora put a story out there, and it's not going to even now be that Darlington or, or Schefter put it out there. It's going to be the way he wants it to be. Cat's out of the bag. I don't expect it to be any different. But that's sort of how this stuff kind of clumsily rolls out. My question is, Steve, how hurt and upset do you think the Bucks are about this? And Jason Light is about this. And Bruce Arians is about this. And I, even today, he still won't tell them that he's made up his mind. It's incredible to me. If the decision has already been made, and he is retiring, and he went and told reporters first, and it's gotten out now, before he told the Bucks, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I mean, yes, you've given a lot to this organization. But we went out and got we traded for Gronk. We signed Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette. We signed Antonio mm-hmm. Brown. We yes. you know, we've done Preach. we've done as much for you as you've done for us. Mm-hmm. And together mm-hmm. we won a Super Bowl. And That's right. came close to playing in the NFC championship this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd be pissed if if you didn't give me the heads up first. And even after it's out there, you're still you're still not willing to say it's true. You're still not willing to tell the Bucks it's true, unless it's not true. But I think it's true because at no point, and I mean no point, they have not only doubled down, they've tripled down, they've quadrupled down. They're still running highlights and talking about them all weekend long, every Sunday show. Well, I, I guess the question is, and ultimately at this point, I think that's going to be what he does is retire. Mm-hmm. But what if it if it truly is he hadn't made up his mind yet? That he's still wrestling well, with it. Now, if it yeah. comes out this week, next week, three weeks from mm-hmm. now, and he announces he's retiring, people are going to say, yeah. oh, they were right. Yeah. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. I mean, yeah. if you're the Bucks, I would say you're hoping Tom Brady's telling you the truth right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're wrestling with the decision, and, you know, we know what his wife thinks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure his kids would love to have him home more. Yeah, whose would? Mine you know. would. Sure. Um, his other business interests may like that. Maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, he still, I mean, we know how much he loves football. Yes. How much he loves throwing the football. How yes. much he likes being in the locker room with the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard to give up. And, and maybe, maybe he's 80% there. But not yet. I, I, and this is pure speculation. Or maybe the decision yeah. is made. Maybe tonight on his Let's Go podcast, he announces he's retiring. Right. Well, and here's the thing he didn't do. You'll, you didn't see him quoted anywhere. Even though he called the Bucks. Mm-hmm. you didn't see a statement from his agent saying, this is not true. All you saw no. was, I'm not speaking to the accuracy or the inaccuracy. I'm just telling you, only Tom Brady will make this decision when he's ready for it, when he's ready to announce something. But at, at any point, Tom Brady could have said, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, look, you guys are way ahead of the game. I have not decided. I didn't see a statement like that, and you won't see it because it's true. It's fundamentally true. He is done. He is, he is not going to play again. The why he won't acknowledge anything publicly that this has gone on for since Friday night, that's that's his own deal well, because he wants uh, uh, it on his terms. Well, I, I think he wants it on his own terms, but I also think, look, he respects football in the game, in the league. Oh, sure. Why would you want to do it on the day before the conference championships or the Friday night You wouldn't, before? and he didn't want to do it then. Yeah. For I sure. Mean, so maybe it's just purely, you know. Wrong time. That, that's, you know, my Monday night podcast is one thing or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, next week there's no yeah, Super Pro Bowl, Bowl there's week, no games. It's whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know. Something else somebody asked me the other day. They go, you think Tom Brady will play in the Pro Bowl? Go, Come on. <laughs> he didn't play in the Pro Bowl when he was playing. He thinks he'll play when he was... Yeah, his last memory you, he wants is you seeing him in a Pro Bowl game. Sure. No. Not going to happen. But it is the week where there is no Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It is the week where you got some space there, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing really going on. If there's a week um, to so do yes. it, this is the week to do it. This would be the week. And that was Lock and Fora's report. His report was probably after the championship game, but but well before Super Bowl week, he's going to announce his retirement. I believe that'll happen. It could be tonight on his podcast if he appears at all. I don't know how he goes on Jim Gray and just says, you yeah, know, Jim, there was a whole bunch of reports over the weekend, and I just want to say I haven't decided. Mm, 
I don't know if anybody's going to believe that. And I don't think he's going to go on Jim Gray's podcast. I suppose he could. It's his podcast. He could go on and get boffo ratings and say, yeah, I want to I want to read a statement here that I wrote. And he could do it that way. But I, I think it's going to be accompanied by a lot of highlights, a family, re, a, a family portrait at, at minimum, and probably some nice you know, well-produced video by Gotham Chopra. And, you know, that's going to accompany whatever he says, I think. But it, but it well could be today. It well could be tonight. And boy, doesn't that leave some ripples in the pond. <laughs> the Buccaneers, man. I mean, let's just, and we could, you know, we could, we'll do this for days, I'm sure, on this podcast. So, just to let you know, this isn't the last we're going to talk about it, and there'll be more probably on Monday and Tuesday and through the week. But his two years here, as as embedded as I have been, and folks, I'm not looking for any sympathy. I've never worked harder than I did when Brady was here for these last two years. I mean, from the time that he said yes through the pandemic, finding them at Berkeley Prep, you know, the rushed – training camp no preseason lost to the saints through the year seven and five all that eight straight wins super bowl parade drunk brady throw the Lombardi, like and then right on into this year and in the crazy long season i don't think i've ever worked harder but i will tell you this the brady years was like a meteor across the sky i mean it was bright it was incredible and it went by <laughs> Really fast. I, I'm sitting here going, wow, that was like, it, it was the fairy tale, right? I mean, they got the fairy tale. They got 29 wins. 29. A Super Bowl in their home stadium. Which, by the way, it didn't take long for another team to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium, did it? <laughs> 50, 55 years it had never happened, and now it's happened twice in two years. Um, So... I mean, we, I don't know, in 100 years, 75, I don't know how people will, you know, if you're still alive then, I won't be. I don't know how people will think about this. Like, yeah, you know, he actually went there and won a Super Bowl. Nah, yeah, he did. But two years, blink of an eye, right, in a career arc of Tom Brady and in this franchise's history. But what a two years. What a remarkable, remarkable two years. For this franchise, and now, oof. Well, just think. I mean, now, when he got here, the Bucks were the worst franchise mm-hmm. of the four major sports in North America. Correct. Mm-hmm. They're no longer. They're not high up the list, but they're not the bottom anymore. <laughs> right. They've won a second championship because of him. Right. Uh, you know, I yeah. mean, it's just. You know the players they brought in, the superstars, the excitement, the the way Ray, Raymond James was for the playoff games. Mm-hmm. You know it, it's it, it's been incredible. The relevance, now, right? Yeah. The relevance. You know your franchise. You couldn't turn on the TV in two years where you did not see that Buccaneer uniform. You couldn't. Everybody was talking about them mm-hmm. for two years. They became Super Bowl champ. Brady made them instantly relevant. They became Super Bowl champs, and all year long. Until Matt Gay's field goal and that titanic collapse of the defense, the Buccaneers were the most it team in the NFL. 
because they were defending champs. And that's that's what you do with the defending champs led by Tom Brady. You know? And it's sad for the NFL. I mean, look, how long was he going to play? He played 22 years. I mean, I hasten to say nobody will ever do that again. But a league without Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, we'll see what Aaron Rodgers does. Last year you lost Drew Brees. Now, I've watched these playoffs. There's plenty of good quarterbacks to to enjoy over the next 20 years, believe me. Um, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. So most of them are in the AFC. Justin Herbert. We'll Justin see if Herbert, Trevor Lawrence yeah. ever gets some coaching. And Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Russell Wilson isn't dead yet. No. Aaron Rodgers isn't quit yet. Um, You know, so there's a lot of that. But there's not Tom Brady. And there won't be a Roethlisberger. And, you know, it, it's it's really kind of sad. And it, and if you're a Bucks fan, it's got to be really tough. You know, I mean, how long did you think he was going to play? Well, you know, I talked to him. I was literally, and I'm not bragging about this, but it is true. I'm like the only one from the local media that got to sit down with Tom Brady for more than, you know, without a group situation. And before the season, I talked to him. And the last thing he said to me was, Rick, I hope we do this a lot more. I, 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 want, I plan on being here for many years, many more years, he said. And this is the start of this season, not last season, this season. And, of course, he was signed through 2022. So I'm thinking, well, he's going to do at least three. You know, he, he's going to at least see out this contract. And it was not to be. Now, when did he decide? You know, these are all questions we hope that he'll tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he, left the, when he left the Patriots, they said, well, when did you know that would be your last year in New England? He goes, before the season started, I knew it was my last year because I didn't have a contract. You know, they, they structured it this way. I, I made it so, you know, that they weren't going to extend me so that I knew I was a free agent and this would be it. And so he goes, really, from the, you know, from the first game, I went into it thinking this is my last year. You wonder when he decided this was his last year overall and in Tampa. You do well, wonder. Well, you do, you do wonder. And, and look, if, if, you know, if he didn't have a family and all that, would he, would he be back next year? I fully believe he would be. But there's lots of things that go into these things. Is it some of the, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, turmoil of this season? But the, you know, from Antonio Brown's fake vaccination card and, and, and Mike Edwards as well, and also the, the other quarterback, Franklin, um, Antonio Brown quitting on the team, uh, just mm-hmm. a lot of the injuries. And, you know, right. not that you can control that, but it, you know, I'm sure all that has weighed on him a little bit, and maybe it makes it easier to make a decision. Well, you know, and, knowing and your people, family's tugging at you, right? And people have said, you know, I mean, he came here for a reason. Like he he did his he did his homework. Like he knew what was here, and he added to it. You made the point. Uh, you know, needed Gronkowski, got Rob. Needed Fournette, got Fournette. Needed Antonio Brown halfway through the 2020 season. Here comes Antonio Brown against. I'm sure Bruce Arians' best wishes. Um, he got everything he wanted and he produced with it. What is he looking at next year? A ton of free agents, right? Not a great salary cap. They're about 18th in the league. They're not the worst, but but let's be honest. Chris Godwin, his best receiver, not best receiver, maybe his favorite receiver, 
has a torn ACL, may not be ready till October. They got to franchise him at best. They're probably not going to sign him to a long-term deal. I don't know how Godwin will react to the franchise tag. But look at all the other free agents. And you you don't have a high draft pick again. You're picking like 28th in the league. Um, where are you getting better? You're going to lose two offensive linemen potentially, Jensen and Alex Kappa. You're probably not going to sign them both. You'd be lucky to get one back. And in his final game... Without Tristan Wirfs, who will be back, he got hit 17 times. You know, he said in his podcast, it, it, it pains my wife to see me get hit. He's 44 years old. He'll, he would be 45 next October, a number that he is often quoted as, you know, him wanting to play until he was at least 45. But how many more times do they want to see him get picked up off the grass? You know, and we know what CTE is now. And we know in this town with Vincent Jackson what it can lead to. I mean, you know, he's still a young man, old football player, but a very young man, in my opinion, middle-aged at best and not even. He looks like, you know, he plays like he's 24. He looks like he's 34 and he's really 44. But he's got so much to do, you know, uh, with his kids who are getting older, involved in sports, one in New York, all of that. So I, I would imagine that he knew a couple things at some point this year. With all the injuries on defense and then eventually on the offense, I think he knew that this team, if it made it back to a Super Bowl, probably wasn't good enough to win one. You never know. You're in the game. If you get there, you give it your best shot. He said something interesting after they lost to the Rams. He said, you know what? It doesn't matter if you lose. And I've lost all these games. I've lost in the wild card round. I've lost in the divisional round. I've lost in the championship. And I've lost in the Super Bowl. And the bottom line is, it sucks. When you lose, whether it's this week, two weeks from now, three weeks from now in the Super Bowl, unless you win and only one team does, it all sucks. So it wasn't like, you know, he was all broken up that, wow, I wish this would have ended in the Super Bowl. And, you know, maybe if we'd have lost, I'd still... He, I don't think he believed this team with the injuries they had, specifically when Tristan Wirfs went down. He was not protected at all. And it was a remarkable effort by the defense to get the ball back and for him to score and, and, and tie the game. I think he knew that they're not going to be as good. Look, there's still coaches that may not come back. I mean, Byron Leftwich still a candidate in Jacksonville. Um, the Raiders have made their hire. They're going to have Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. Uh, and also hired a GM, so that means, you know, at least with Todd Bowles, uh, he's not going to be getting the Raiders job, and neither will John Spitek as a GM. Uh, both those guys, I think, talked to Minnesota as well, but regardless, it looks like those coordinators will be back, but he didn't know that, and he still doesn't know it for sure. And if those coordinators get a job, they'll probably take some coaches with them. So nothing is going to be the same. Nothing ever is in the NFL. It's always different year in, year out. And in this instance, you know, they, they, they kept the band together once. They, they gave it their best shot. It didn't work. And now you're going to have to do some things to upgrade the talent with a less than favorable salary cap situation. You just don't have a lot of money um, for free agents, and you'd be lucky to get most of your guys back if they don't retire. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Speaking of retirement, what do you think Gronk does now? The thing I'm worried about is Gronk could retire, but will he have insurance? Because he's not a veteran. I, he hasn't answered that question yet. I wish somebody <laughs> would finally give Member number give 87 doesn't work yet. <laughs> but I'm special. Yes, yes, you are. I'm going to miss Gronk as much or more than I'm going to miss Brady, to be honest with you. That guy was that guy made made work interesting. He made football fun. He made everybody enjoy it. What about the Tommy and Gronk I, show? Tommy and Gronky needs to be needs to be a show. I mean, if the Manning brothers can do, you know, Monday, uh, Manning Night Football or whatever the hell they call that thing, then there should be the Tommy and Gronky, you know. So there should be something similar to that. By the way, did you see Peyton Manning on Saturday Night Live? I did not. I saw some hilarious. I heard he sold the show. He, oh my god! He did the weekend update. He was just had a little cameo in the weekend update. They asked they asked him about the playoff games from last week. <laughs> he goes, he had no analysis whatsoever. He's I didn't really watch them. He goes, you know, I heard uh, there were a lot of touchdowns scored in the end zone, that sort of thing. He goes, but what I did watch was the second season of Emily in Paris. And <laughs> he started talking about Emily in Paris and comparing it to football. Yeah, his his delivery, I mean, he could do this for a living and be incredible uh, with his deadpan delivery and his sense of humor. Whoever wrote this this piece was brilliant as well, but uh, he's fantastic. Uh, no problem for him in retirement. He's, he's doing just great. But, um, you know. I don't know. I've learned a new way to retire, though. Like, if you're going to retire, don't actually announce it. Have somebody else put it out there for a while and then get all, like, it'd be kind of like, I'm going to leave the Times and I'm going to have somebody tell people that I'm done. That I'm leaving. Am I retiring from my career? But then we're going to have, like, a big retirement party before I actually announce anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, before we have the party, I'm going to call my bosses at the newspaper and say, you know, I'm undecided. I don't believe anything you hear. Oh, there's a party down the street for me? Yeah. Well, don't believe anything you hear because I haven't decided. I mean, it's just so weird, right? I remember this is a retirement one, but uh, working in Cincinnati over 20 years or 20 years ago or so. Yeah. And Bob Huggins was the coach, longtime coach at Cincinnati. Bob Huggins, yeah. And the West Virginia job became open. Right. And, you know, West Virginia was trying to hire him. And including working with Nike to become a Jumpman brand mm-hmm. like Cincinnati was in that. And so for about two weeks, it was in question whether he was going to go or stay. And every day there'd be mm-hmm. a report. You know, Huggins is leaving the next day. Huggins is staying the next day. Huggins is leaving the next day. Huggins is staying. <laughs> and it, every day it was a different report. And I'm, I don't know this, but I'm convinced it was almost Hugs telling someone close to him something just to see if it would get out i'm almost convinced Mm -hmm. that's what he was doing yep because uh, my afternoon drive host had a great source and so every day these reports would come out he would call the source no he hasn't decided anything yet 
thank you. <laughs> you know, it was, and and he truly hadn't decided. He was, you know, he was weighing his options, and it, you know, he, he had some time. It was in March. It, they had some time. Yeah. But every day a new report came out, and it would contradict the day before's report. And it was, you know, and it was, our ratings were through the roof for those two weeks. We had, I bet. You know, uh, my afternoon drive sports station in Cincinnati beat WLW, which is a monster. Oh, yeah. talk everything station. For those two weeks, my afternoon drive show beat WLW in the ratings because of, it was crazy. just Huggins, Huggins, Huggins. And it was, a, you know, a huge story there. But it was, but the reports coming out and every, it just, like you said, every day was unnamed sources say Huggins is leaving. Unnamed sources, Huggins is staying. Sources yeah. close to Huggins say he's going. Sources say he's staying. You know, it was it was crazy. Well, for about for about an hour or two, it was like that on Twitter with us. I mean, people were like, "Come on, Stroud, come on, Alman." We, you know, and all we were doing, we weren't like saying that Schefter and Darlington don't know what to talk about or Lock and Four is wrong. It was just basically uh, uh, the, the Bucks, Bucks <laughs> say he hasn't made up his mind. The Bucks say he just called the agent, called him, and told him he's undecided. The Bucks say now Tom Brady has called Jason Light and told him he's undecided. And, and people were going nuts, or you know, they were just kind of like, "Oh, what are you? What are you guys doing? You're saying there's a chance, or you know, I, I don't know what to believe. Which who's right? And it's like it wasn't about who was right. They were both right. What we were saying was true. The Bucks didn't know. They didn't believe it. Uh, they were being told the opposite. At least with respect, not that he wasn't retiring, but that that he hadn't made up his mind. And so we're trying to present that in real time, all the while, you know. The videos are playing, and Schefter and them are on there saying, uh, you know, he's going to retire. And then eventually Schefter and them said, look, the Bucks. he hasn't told the Bucks yet. Um, they think he's still undecided. Like, they started to report that side of it, too. There was another thing that happened on Saturday. It was kind of weird. It's like there was this thing with his contract that basically said, you know, he's due $15 million of his $20 million signing bonus from his contract he did last year on February 4th. And some – Big publications took that and said, "Aha! This is why he hasn't announced his retirement because he'd be foolish because he's due this money." But in reality, the way his contract works, um, you know that that was an accounting thing. This is money that he's earned. It was a signing bonus, a deferred bonus, basically. But if he doesn't play his final year, there's a give back of sixteen million dollars. Basically, a wash. Okay. And and the way it was being presented it was almost like like Brady had a motivation not to you know, admit that he was retiring because he wanted this money. He was being greedy and that it, it really had nothing to do with the retirement situation at all. It shouldn't have been brought up that way. It it, it really is irrelevant um, just from a math standpoint. And, and the fact that the bucks, if, if they didn't pay it on February 4th, or they wanted to pay it, you know, three months from now they could. But the fact of the matter is if he doesn't play, there's really no money that's going to have to change hands because there's a get back because they did this to, to push, some salary cap money, you know, down the road a little bit. So um, that added to the mist. You know, people were trying to, well, why wouldn't, maybe there's a contractual reason. Oh, it's because he's going to make a $15 million if he just waits until next Friday. Not the case. Not the case. And, you know, I, you know, there's just so much reporting out there. And we were constantly, we found ourselves in a position of sort of debunking some things and, and giving the buck side of things. And people took that to mean, well, then, you know, they don't believe Schefter. Or they don't believe – that's not the case. I, I completely – in my heart of hearts, I think he's done. Now, you know, it'd be great if he pulled a, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street, you know, and stood up there and said, I'm not leaving. You know, the show goes on. Um, that would be fun. That would be very interesting. 
and a, and a whole new chapter on on everything. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. In fact, I'm quite sure it won't. And you know, I would just say that stay tuned tonight, uh, whether it's the podcast or some other slick production that comes out or what have you. I'm sitting here, you know, as they're you know winding up their coverage on the playoffs, watching a Brady retrospective now and showing all the Super Bowls and conference championships he was in, which is incredible, you know, how many that, that he played in. What was it, 15? Something like that. So they're interviewing Seth Wickersham, who wrote the book on Brady. I mean, you know, there's just so much Brady going on right now. But we will follow it, and, and we're going to follow this Super Bowl, too, which we're going to talk a lot about. I know you're excited about your Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't know that they could go into Kansas City and win. It looked a little grim there for a while, at halftime especially. Um, I went for a walk. I'll be honest. I came back. The score was tied. I still don't know how they tied it up 21-0. Yeah, I think they already uh, inducted Patrick Mahomes in the Hall of Fame at halftime, didn't they? <laughs> exactly right. They built the statues, everything, uh, you know, at halftime. Yeah. He was um, the next Brady. I heard he was going to run down his rings, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's not in the Super Bowl. That Bengals defense just shut the Chiefs down that second half. Absolutely shut them down. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was great in the first half, but Mahomes made some mistakes, and even some of that Mahomes magic. You know, it was Tony Romo, it was funny. So the Bengals had a three-point lead with, what, six minutes to go or something. Chiefs have the ball. And, and Romo and Nance are painting it basically like, yeah, Mahomes is going to go down and score a touchdown. This game's over. I mean, that's the way it was kind of painted. They, the scenarios they were trying to lay out, except I don't think Romo did a good job describing. I liked, I'm liked. i a big Tony Romo fan. I didn't think he did a very good job in that last drive, to be honest. Um, but it was, you know, just the way he was laying out the, the timing scenarios and everything else. But um, the Bengals' defense didn't allow them to score, which some people were, you know, if you follow Twitter, was – you know, oh, you got to let the Chiefs score here so you have time. It's like the Bengals defense can shut down the Chiefs all day. Why would you let them score when you have the lead? Why would you give up the lead? You know, I, I didn't understand what some people's thinking on that. But the Bengals defense stood up and did it, and Joe Burrow is he's just he's incredible. First quarterback drafted number one overall to, to make a Super actually to make a conference championship in their first two years. Now he's in the Super Bowl. So Yeah, and, and still, you know, I mean, look, they they're <laughs> They did enough things on offense. They ran the ball really well. Their offensive line hasn't gotten enough attention or credit. I think they've been really good. And you know, they, they to be able to crease people the way they did. When they're they good at running run the ball. They're not. They're not yeah. as good at pass protection. Not as great. And, ta- and and because of that, Joe's having to get the ball out of his hand quickly. And they didn't have as many shots downfield. And of course, they lost their tight end, which was a huge injury for them, but still managed to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, he's he's just got. You know, and Mahomes, look, I think Mahomes, I think we forgot how great Mahomes mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, especially beginning of the year when they were kind of roughed up. And, 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 and yet, at the end of that game, Patrick Mahomes, they, they, I heard the same thing, like, let him score. No, you don't let him score. Why? Because anything can happen, right? You could have a, he did fumble the ball and got it back, as a matter of fact, before they kicked the field goal to tie it. Um, I thought the Chiefs played that last two minutes horribly, you know, especially when they got, you know, inside the red zone. I, I thought, whether it was, you know, the play calling. I mean, they were trying to run clock. I get that part of it. I get, I sort of get what they were doing, but it just wasn't good. And Mahomes ran around too much and, and you know, was off schedule and, and it was a scramble drill on every play. He looked like the Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Um, and well, the Bengals so defense the- did a great job of maintaining their, their, 
you know, laying integrity. Yeah. Not letting they plastered him get out of the receivers. Pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And even had yeah. a spy there on that the, the play that he fumbled. Hubbard came in that's, and that's right. know, flew in after, you know, waiting a little bit and realizing he was yeah. stuck in the pocket there because the, the Bengals had, you know, kept every kept him right in there. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, that Bengals defense last year was awful. They signed some key free agents and really upgraded that defense this year. Yeah. That didn't, that doesn't get enough talk about nationally from Cincinnati. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow and then Jamar Chase, of course, number one overall draft pick, number five pick, but their first round draft pick. Incredible. Yeah. But what they did on the defensive end was what has really propelled this team and put them ahead of schedule. I mean, when you draft Joe Burrow, you were two in. 14 and you go Two and what, 14 four well i think four eleven and one last year mm-hmm. you know and he gets hurt halfway through the year i mean you weren't expecting to be in, in, in the conference championship let alone a super bowl in year two with joe burrow you thought he could get you there and it was going to be a process i mean they're ahead of schedule and it's a lot of the moves they made on, on defense that really put him there but you still got eli apple at corner <laughs> come on how good could you be Vernon Hargraves is on this team. Yeah, that he, okay. I, I learned that during the what the the playoff game, the first playoff game. It's like, wait, Vernon Hargraves on the field? Got cut by the Texans, the worst team in the NFL. He got cut by him. Lands in Cincinnati, unbelievable. Now he's going to go to the Super Bowl. How about that? He missed the one in Tampa. That's for sure. I thought but for yeah. sure it was going to be a Bengals uh, Niners rematch as we were getting to the fourth quarter. Yeah, which well, the Bengals have been to two yeah. previous Super Bowls, both against the Niners. Yeah. And then the yeah, Niners had the rules. lead, what, 17-7 going to the fourth quarter. They did, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo woke up and was Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how many 10-point leads you can blow in big games with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback, but they did it. I know he doesn't play defense. Um, look, they win that game. Um, who was the guy that dropped the interception? The, the game is over at that point. Tart, yeah. I mean, you could uh, that guy's. He, he said he's not going to let it define him. I got news for you, buddy. It's going to define you. That play it will live in infamy in, in uh, you know, AFC Championship game history. It was almost so, too easy of a pick. Oh, it was. So what happened? What had happened was uh, the the receivers got down the field okay, but Stafford didn't have the arm to get it there, and he kind of threw a duck up there, and it was almost like it was it was so it, the ball hung there for so long he was going to like fair catch it. The receivers ran by him. He was the only guy you know on camping underneath. He kind of got under it like he was a center fielder and it literally I, I don't know how you can drop he almost he almost caught it twice dro- he almost dropped it twice really um I, I mean geez man you have to make that play but he didn't and they had new life and they used it and you know managed to managed to win the game and you know it, it was uh it's crushing for San Francisco but Jimmy Garoppolo in the fourth quarter of some big games, man, no bueno, you know. And this was the thing, like, and I, I told my wife when, when they got behind, I said, "This is, this is not what he does well, you know. He is not that quarterback that, under pressure, is going to kind of bring you back." Um, we've seen it before. We saw it in the Super Bowl a couple of years. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. Here's his number. So in the Super Bowl. Uh, let's see. No, and today was Super Bowl. I remember. I think he was three of eleven in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Today it was three of nine for thirty yards and an interception. In six playoff starts, Garoppolo has a twenty-eight passer rating in the fourth quarter, ranking last among sixty-nine quarterbacks with thirty-plus fourth quarter 
passes in the playoffs since 1991. Woof. Yeah. 28 passer rating in the fourth quarter. 69th among quarterbacks. More than 30 of them. That have at least, you know, 34th quarter passes in playoffs. I mean, that ain't the clutch gene, boys. And that's why Trey Lance was drafted right there. They may love Jimmy, and they defended Jimmy, and Jimmy put him in position to win. And with a little help from his defense, he's playing in the Super Bowl again against the Cincinnati Bengals, but was not to be. So happy for Matt Stafford. I mean, you know, what he went through in Detroit. I mean, look, and and, and you can, the timing of this really didn't line up for the Bucs that well, right? But you knew the Rams were all in. I mean, the Rams essentially, we wrote about this. They took the Bucs template, and they go, look, we, need, we, we're, we don't think Jared Goff's going to get us the Super Bowl. So they did something dynamic. You know, they, all these draft picks, you know, uh, they ended up trading for Matthew Stafford, and they traded Goff as well. Um, but they got their guy. They got their Tom Brady, if you will. And so, but they didn't stop there. And at some point, I remember having the conversation, you'll remember this too, Steve, where Bruce Arians, we asked him about Odell Beckham Jr., who was a free agent. He was cut by the Cleveland Browns. He didn't have any draft pick compensation whatsoever. In fact... He signed a deal for the remainder of the year that was like $450,000, $475,000. Now, he's going to make a $750,000 bonus because he's in the Super Bowl. But you'd be happy to give him that. But instead, we asked Bruce Arians at the time, uh, and he said, A, B, O, B, J, too many initials. He wasn't interested. Well, what happened to A, B? He came off that suspension, played one game, then lost his mind, you know, and got cut, essentially. The other one was Von Miller. Now, Von Miller was not going to be free. You know, the Denver Broncos moved on from him, but he cost the Rams a second rounder and a fourth rounder for a guy who's going to be a free agent after this year. So they were basically borrowing a player, right? So you let OJ, you, you let Odell Beckham Jr. go to the rival Rams in the NFC, and then they wind up picking up Von Miller and they had to give up draft pick compensation for him. But, you know, at the time, Jason Pierre-Paul was playing with one arm, if he was playing at all. You know, and sure, you had Joe Tryon, Shalinka, and all that stuff. But if you were really all in, like if you were really, really all in, you'd have gotten OBJ. And I, I, don't, I don't think that uh, Godwin was hurt just yet. I don't know that Brown was back yet. But at the end of the day, you know, those guys loaded up the way the Bucks did a year ago when they got Brown, you know. Um, and... It paid off for him, and here they are in the Super Bowl. Amazing. It was just amazing. But that's what you have to do if you have one of those guys, right? If you got that quarterback, you got mm-hmm. that, that small window. And now we know how small the window was. It was really small. It was two years. You know, thought it would be two or three, but it was two. So it should be a good Super Bowl, though. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what to expect from Cincinnati. You would think that the Rams, who were there just a couple of years ago, with Stafford, I think they're going to be favored. It's at their home stadium. Although, you'd be hard-pressed to think it was their home stadium in the, in the championship game because there was, a, there was many, many 49er fans. They had to go to a silent count. There were so many of them. Um, but the Bengals, man, they they just something about them. They're just so resilient. Great play, great field goal kicker. Um, and Joe, Joe is Joe Cool. I mean, that dude is a real, real deal. It's going to be fun to watch him and Josh Allen and Mahomes and, you know, I mean, just so many of those guys in the AFC. In the NFC, not so much. And 
We'll get into this this week. What are the Bucks going to do for a quarterback now? If, in fact, as we expect, Tom Brady is retired. No, Jimmy Garoppolo may be available. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll ask the question again. What are the Bucks going to do for a quarterback? Um, yeah, I mean, Jimmy is available, I suppose. Um, not sure you're going to pull that trigger, but and I don't think the Rams or the, or the Packers are going to trade you in the division, you know, their stellar quarterback, if they even get to that point. I think – I actually believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay right where he's at. And if he doesn't, he could end up in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator from the Rams that just got that job. That was the other thing, some coaching news. How about your boy Josh McDaniels from the uh, New England Patriots and his new GM from New England going out to the Raiders in Las Vegas where Todd Bowles and John Spitek had interviewed for the coach-GM job, mm-hmm. respectively. Still no word as we do this podcast on Jacksonville and their situation with Byron Lefwich. Apparently not really in it. They're still going to interview other guys, uh, uh, including they're waiting on, I think, the Rams offensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, there's still a bunch of jobs out there that are open, obviously. That means Rich Basaccia be... did not get the Raiders job, of course. Basaccia did not. I thought I saw where the Chicago Bears had asked for permission to talk to Basaccia about their special teams job, and I think he will because uh, that's one staff that's being formed. And that's the thing. Like, you can't – the longer you wait, the the smaller pool of assistant coaches will be out there. And really, you need a whole staff. That's what's going to help you win, right? It's only important that you win. So, you know, um, those those staffs are being formed. So, yeah, man, we got, we got tons to talk about, as well as I want to say uh, sorry to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, they played on Saturday night. My family, I was supposed to go as well, but uh, I could not because of all the craziness with Tom Brady. But my family did go. And our streak is alive. Our losing streak continues. It's at six. Um, it looked really grim there at uh, two to nothing, and then great comeback by the Lightning to get a point and get that thing into into a shootout. And then it was nice of them to show up for the third period. Yeah, right. Yeah, they didn't do much before that, did they? No, Vegas was taking it to them. Uh, the Lightning struggled those first two periods. Woke up in the third. Yeah, amazingly, they finished the game with more shots than Vegas. Which was yeah, incredible. Was they, had, they had like nine or ten or whatever shots after two periods. I mean, it was ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. They go to a shootout. Vasilevsky gives up four goals in the shootout. You don't see that very often. Did go seven rounds, but they lose the, the shootout four to three, so they lose the game three to two. But uh, Vegas is a really good team. And when they get Jack Eichel back, or when they get him healthy, yeah. they traded for him, but they ha- he hasn't played for them yet. But yeah. They could be a scary good team. So they're, I mean, they're a really good team out west. Pretty good story because they've been good since their first, first, their first day mm-hmm. when they went to the Stanley Cup their first year. We thought last year they would make the Stanley Cup, but yeah. then the Canadians knocked them off in the the yeah. semifinal round. It wasn't a Western Conference round with the realigned divisions last year, but that was kind of a shocker. So, just the latest odds, by the way, on the Super Bowl, in case you're wondering, Los Angeles Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites over Cincinnati, and the yep. over-under is 50. I've seen it at 49, 50, and 51. So. Yeah. I think I would take the under on that. I don't know why, but I think I would. It seems like that's the kind of game Cincinnati plays with you. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So, um, go ahead. We need to uh, congratulate Danielle Collins, too. Fell just a little bit short in the Australian Open, but uh, went to the final, (laughs) lost to Ash Barty, the number one player in the world. So Mm -hmm. um, tremendous 
performance by Daniel Collins throughout the Australian Open. So from St. Petersburg here. So uh, congratulations, Sir Champa Bay. She's a great story. She uh, grew up, you know, unlike some of the tennis prodigies that, you know, start playing uh, at a high level in youth tennis and all that. I mean, she wound up going to college, which not many tour players do, and and, um, walked on, I think, and won a national championship and, you know, had as a physical element that they had to take care of that, that derailed her career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, right from the saints of St. Peter or streets of St. Petersburg, man, uh, incredible performance. And all she had to do was, you know, beat a, uh, an Australian champion that there had not been, had not won the Australian open, uh, an Aussie in like 40 years or 44 years or something like that. So, uh, the whole nation was rooting against her at that time, but she really made a nice accounting for herself. It was a, it was a great tournament for her and a great final. Speaking of uh, events, um, we've got right here in the downtown streets of St. Petersburg, the Sunshine City. It's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented by RP Funding, and it kicks off Florida's spring break season with some high-speed excitement. If you want some information on tickets and other racing items, information, uh, just visit gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. Another race in the season is starting right here in St. Petersburg. All right, so uh, more on Tom Brady and what his decision is when it comes in. We'll be listening to the podcast. Of course, we'll talk uh, his podcast, I should say, Let's Go with Jim Gray. Maybe there'll be some news there, or maybe you'll have a guest host. Who knows? But uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. You can also go to TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times. We'll have more on the uh, Super Bowl 56 matchup between Cincinnati and the Rams, of course. And just anything else that comes across our plate, the Lightning uh, are got a couple more games before their All Star break as well. So just one, San Jose we'll t- on Tuesday night. So and then the All Star game. Just is one. This that's weekend. it. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. You're right. Steven Stamkos is part of that, so that'll be fun. Victor Hedman and Vasilevsky and all those guys. Lots to talk about. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening uh, Monday through Friday. You can always hit us up on Twitter if you want to send some mailbag questions. We'll get to those. I think we had some left over as well from last week. I'm getting a bunch. Uh, of course, about the Brady situation, which we can address this week as well. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.